Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me today on Loyal to the Foil. Um, I'm going to be going in depth on the 9-11 conspiracy, the 9-11 disaster, uh, the 9-11 explosions. So hopefully you join me today and uh, we'll have a look at some of the information and we'll cover some of, uh, some of the things that I've researched and looked into, something that's always fascinated me, something that's always saddened me, just like I'm sure a lot of, a lot of you uh, an outsider's perspective again, as you know, being that guy from Canada to uh, to run this show. So uh, before I get into the any of the information, I just wanted to start by saying that uh, my heartfelt condolences go out to each and everybody that was affected by this um, just massive tragedy. Uh, nobody nobody deserved the uh, the outcome that. They ended up getting, and I uh, just wanted to, I just wanted to say that first and foremost, uh, it was a, a just a, a massive, massive tragedy. We far too many lives were lost, uh, whether it be one or three thousand. It, it was just too many. We can all agree upon that. Whether you think that, uh, whether you think that the World Trade Center disaster was planned or not. I don't think that anybody should have been as negatively affected as they were. So uh, I'm just going to start out by saying that uh, just kind of a little bit of a rundown about what my memories of that day are. Uh, we're now 22 years removed from September uh, 9-11. So uh, I was in my very early 20s, a very long time ago, and... I don't have, I mean, I have a, a small memory of it, and then it kind of snowballed into something that uh, I, I just wanted to strive to, to figure out what, what really happened. Nothing really seemed to sit well with me that day, but, I mean, I was just a kid with a kid's mentality, you know, basically uh, at that point in my life in 2001. So, I can remember the the morning of 9-11 um, being just, being asleep when this happened. I was, I was woken up and told by, I, you know, being a, whatever, I was 21-year-old kid at the time, you know, uh, working all kinds of crazy hours, like late night hours and everything, I slept, uh, I slept. I didn't get up early in the morning like I did today, you know, not really many responsibilities, etc. So I was asleep when, when this all started to unfold and I can remember being woken up and kind of, you know, just told that you got to wake up, you got to wake up. There's, uh, you know, there's a, there's explosions, there's planes crashing into uh, the world trade centers. And, uh, it was, it, it was confusing, obviously. I mean, to be woken up to this, uh, you know, we're not usually too coherent when we, uh, when we first wake up and we're jolted out of a sleep. But I remember this, this starting off in that fashion for myself and just, you know, being completely uh, confused. So I got up, we, we watched a little bit of the news and at the time my mom was, 
at a nearby uh, hotel, uh, or uh, actually it was it was the Holiday Inn, uh, not too far from where I lived. Uh, my mom was there doing doing some work for her company. This is something that she normally did, but she she happened to be there that day, and uh, got a hold of her and uh, decided to drive over there. So we sat, the three of us sat there, and watched the uh, watched the media coverage of it and, and talked about it, and you know, all kind of just shared remorse for for what we were seeing and what the people were going through. I mean, you know, just like the rest of you, it was a lot to try and take in, you know, confusion, anger, sadness, all those, all those emotions kind of run through you and, you know, you don't know how to process it because you don't know, you don't know what's going on. Um, pretending like we did or, or do now is still kind of a, a reach. So, um, it, uh, it, it I'm going to try and cover some of the background. Uh, try and go a little bit deeper into uh, kind of you know where uh, where things started, and you may or may not believe this because you know obviously it's a it's a conspiracy show. So um, I'm gonna kind of try and give you a little bit of background into what uh, what maybe some of the motives were behind this, uh, whether it was planned ahead of time things like that. So, uh, whether you remember or not, um, the president of the United States at the time was, uh, George Bush. Uh, his father had been the president before him. And he also had a, they also had a very, George Bush also had a very uh, prominent and wealthy grandfather named Prescott Bush. Now, Prescott Bush, uh, George's sorry, great-grandfather, he was one of Adolf Hitler's biggest funders, believe it or not. Uh, This is actual documented info. Uh, I was kind of thrown off when I found this out myself, but, you know, this is is what I want to do. There's, I I just, I want to go deep. I want to find this information. I want to pass it on to you so, you know, we can... We can learn, we can figure it out, we can fight, we can agree, whatever the hell it is that, you know, you want to do. But at least, hopefully, you can take a step back, you know, from your, whatever belief you have, uh, you know, and just kind of take a look at some of the information and the facts, and and we'll go from there. So, there's actually, uh, his, his funding into Adolf Hitler is actually documented, um, you can you can find this information, uh, even though some so many of these types of situations are you know covered up and everything. But uh, if you check out, there's a there's a book called The Bush Crime Family by Roger Stone. A lot of this information gets covered in there. Uh, a fascinating book. So the the official story uh, is that 19 Middle Eastern men hijacked planes that were used on 9/11. Something that uh, we were I, we were told that day, and we've been we've been told ever since. It's, there's there's a lot of um, conflicting evidence and information about that, uh, whether it's true or false. I mean, you know, uh, they were essentially kamikaze or suicide uh, bombers, uh, but somehow, uh, as far as I can tell, some of them are still alive or were up until a couple of years ago. A couple of them. If I remember correctly, one of them was even a police officer 
still over in uh, the Middle East. So something to consider, but uh, something that, excuse me, something that uh, I found extremely uh, coincidental, I guess, and and, kind of strange is that there was an elevator restoration program being done right before all this happened for months before the towers were brought down. Uh, witnesses actually stated that the the elevator shafts were guarded by armed guards, which seems kind of strange if it's a uh, if it's a restoration project if they're if they're working to improve them or or fix them and whatnot. I'm not sure why they would need armed guards. Maybe you guys out there w- would have a better idea than I would, um, but it just seems a, a, a little a little strange. Uh, the person that was running the security deal detail, in case you're asking, in case you're curious, it wasn't the people, the man that was in charge of running security for the World Trade Centers. It was actually a man by the name of, wait for it, Marvin Bush, George Bush's little brother. Uh, Stratasac was in charge of the... Uh, was in charge of the contract to restore these elevators or elevator shafts. Uh, they were also in charge of. They were also in charge of. Uh, they were also a demolition company. So, um, you know, you can kind of maybe piece together what I, you know, what I'm I'm getting at there. Um, but the the company was named Stratasac. It actually has changed names, and I, I I apologize, I forget the name of it now. But if you look it up, it was actually called Stratasac before. Um, some of the other companies that Marvin Bush uh, did security for in detail were the Dallas Airport and United Airlines ninety three, which you know also sounds like a, a quite a coincidence considering one of the planes that uh, that was crashed that day, uh, flew out of the Dallas airport. Uh, one of the planes was, you know, a, a United Airlines flight, also run by Mr. Bush's security. So since, uh, since 1934, uh, there has, there's been a book available by a man named Fritz Thiessen. I may be pronouncing his name wrong. I apologize. Uh, he's also the the man that built the Bismarck boat. Um, he also uh, produced 75% of all the steel that was uh, provided to Germany. Um, he actually wrote a book called I Paid Hitler. It documents how he, Prescott Bush, uh, George Herbert funded, uh, sorry, a man named George Herbert, Herbert funded Adolf Hitler, George Herbert Walker. Apologize, geez. Um, so together they they recruited the head of the German bank. His name was Velnor Schmidt. Sorry, I, these, some of these um, some of these names are a little bit hard to uh, to pronounce, and I obviously struggle with that. So I do apologize. Uh, so these men, all Skull and Bones members, uh, they signed a uh, they signed a letter to convince Hindenburg to instill Hitler into power on February twentieth, nineteen thirty three. Strange. At this time, the Nazis, excuse me, the Nazi headquarters was located at 
39 Broadway in Manhattan, New York. Uh, this is also documented. There's there's pictures of the uh, of the building uh, with the you know with the 39 Broadway the, the 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 civic address with Nazi flags hanging outside of it. So to you know to try and argue and fight and say that um, the certain elites in the USA weren't a part of uh, funding Nazi Germany is is completely false. It should be the other way around. You know, what I'm saying right now should be wearing a bike helmet, I guess, but it's not, um, sadly. So, uh, Avril Harriman, uh, Prescott Bush, and Walker all had offices uh, at 39 Broadview. This is all factual documented information as well. Uh, Hitler didn't have any economical miracle that helped fund him. So, I mean, when I say that, wars cost money. Um, soldiers, the ammunition, the tanks, the planes, the bombs, the planning, uh, everything. It, it all costs money. Um, where did Hitler get the money? Where did he come up with it? The, all these men, were they helped fund him. Uh, it was done by the elites and the Skull and Bones crew. Uh, I mean, if, if, if it wasn't, I mean, you know, prove it. Like there, there's, there, like I said, there's document, there's documented, uh, information out there to back this up. I think a lot of, I mean, even with, with today, with the amount of information that is accessible to us, there are far too many of us that just don't want to look at it, whether it's because it's going to piss us off, whether it's going to upset you in any way. I mean, you know, that's unfortunate. But, you know, kind of getting a, a better grasp of, uh, of who these people that, you know, that steal our tax money, that tell us what we can and can't do, uh, what we can and can't say, what kind of experimental injections we need to have in order to go to the movies. Or, I mean, we, we should probably be able to put our trust in people like that. And I'm going to tell you right now that we can't. Um, I mean, just me telling you that these men funded the the Nazi regime should pretty much, you know, take take that into consideration if you think that, you know, we, you should be paying these men exorbitant amounts of money as well out of what you earn. So, you know, and then they send our children, you know, our brothers, our sisters, our, our fathers and grandfathers, they get sent off to war. You know, they get fooled into thinking they're fighting the right cause, which... I mean, granted, sometimes they may be, but at the end of the day, we're, I mean, war creates profit for the elites and death for the rest of us, you know, um, it's, it's sad. It really is. I have family members that fought in World War One and Two, and they paid for it. Um, they really did. So not something that war isn't something that, you know, I approve of. It's not something that I'm a fan of because it's a racket, uh, to kind of put it simply. Excuse me. So, uh, the Brown Brown Brothers, Harriman Associates, uh, Fritz Thiesen, Shelmet Schicht, Axel Menigan, these men, along with French business, uh, sorry, uh, Charles Bendow is a French business mogul. They were all in cahoots with the Duke and Duchess of Windsor and uh, the Duelist brothers. 
Prescott Bush and George Herbert Walker together founded the Union Bank, which directly funded the Nazi regime. This is also another documented fact. Uh, these men came together and attempted to basically overthrow the, the U.S. democracy and create uh, a fascist government that, you know, they wanted to instill this. I mean, there's a reason behind everything. It's not always just money, but I mean, let's face it, that's a, that's a massive, massive part. They raised money from some of the USA's richest families, including the uh, Colgate family, uh, Birdseye, the DuPont family, uh, the Rockefeller family. These people, these people and families, businesses gave up millions to the case, to the cause, sorry, of training a military to overthrow the current government. They were looking to take FDR out, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and instill a fascist government, like I said. Uh, they, they, they had no interest in democracy. Uh, the mistake that they made was actually choosing the most decorated and or respected soldier uh, the U.S. has probably ever seen. Uh, might be someone that most of us don't know about. And I mean, from what I can tell, I don't think he was given nearly as much credit as he deserved. Um, this man was a massive reason. For, I mean, he, he, he might, for all intents and purposes, be the reason that uh, these men didn't get what they wanted. The man's name was uh, Major General Smedley Darlington Butler. He went on record to fight against them. Um, I, I guess I'm not sure if he if he fooled them into thinking that he would go along with their plan, or uh, or he, he or he didn't. I'm not sure on that one, but I know it's documented. There's video evidence of the man holding a press conference calling these elites out. Uh, he was a firm believer in, doc in democracy. He went on record to call them out and refused to participate in, in any of it. He didn't want any part of it. The man, like I said, was an actual hero. And he should definitely be regarded as such. Without him, I mean, our, our history, uh, the U.S. history, I mean, the world history is, is written a different way, obviously. Uh, if they haven't gotten what they wanted... If they have gotten what they, you know, what they expected to get, we're all looking at a different planet, I guess, right now. Uh, no way to know, obviously, just speculation, but uh, they wanted him, him to lead roughly 500,000 men to take over the function of government. He stated he wanted to retain free speech, uh, the right to vote, and write. So, things that we're still fighting for now, which, I mean, I don't think we should. I don't think we should have to fight for it. That is, uh, you know, we all want we all want freedom of speech. Uh, most of us want to be able to vote. I think government should be completely uh, abolished as it's set up now and reformed. But that's you know that's just my opinion. You have a different opinion. I respect that. Um, so these these men were warmongers. I mean, there's no other way to put it. There's there's no you know uh, sugarcoating it. They do not, they didn't care about you and I, and they still don't. Uh, I mean, it's, this isn't, that's not something that uh, I, I'm just speculating on. These are things that you can see for yourselves. Uh, if something is going to hurt you, are, are they there to help you? No, 
I mean, they're not. They, they, they would rather make money and tell you that they, you know, they have all the answers. And I don't, I don't think they have many answers at all. They're not the ones, you know, looking into these things. They just care about the bottom line, which is control, money, and power. So let's start connecting some of these dots. 1976, Osama bin Laden's older brother, Salim, hired a man named Jim Bath. He hired him to handle his investments. Jim Bath was located in Texas, in the USA, not in the Middle East, not in Saudi Arabia. He was in Texas. So Salim bin Laden hires him to to handle his investments. Uh, Bath was a pilot, and he was actually, strangely enough, coincidentally enough, a lifelong friend of, go ahead and take a guess, George Bush. So there's documents... There's documented visits by Prescott Bush in 1997 and 98 of him making trips to Saudi Arabia. And he met with the Bin Ladens about a company called the Carlisle Group. The Carlisle Group did a lot of the same things as the Harriman Group did in the 30s. This is the group that was trying to put together you know, essentially a fascist government to overtake uh, the uh, the current democratic system that was in place at the time. In January 2001, George Bush told all intelligence agencies to back off of the Bin Ladens. Why? Was there a plan in place, maybe? Let's consider... <clears throat> Eight hours after the World Trade Center was blown up, all other buildings, sorry, another building collapsed, building number seven. It officially, at 5.20 p.m., collapsed. It wasn't hit by anything, and it fell at uh, breakneck speed, similar to the World Trade Centers themselves. Um, Strangely enough, it looked like a controlled demolition. And uh, especially considering there's, there, there's, you can hear people on videos uh, on 9-11 saying things like, oh, it's going to go down or, you know, they're, they're, they're planning to take it down. Now, I mean, that can be misconstrued in obviously one of two ways, whereas, you know, they think that the hijackers are set to destroy uh, Building 7 or that it's been planned that you know, the building is going to come down on itself. Uh, Obviously, kind of seems that way if uh, there was nobody inside of it and everybody was told to stay away from it. So, something to consider. Uh, There's also some some pretty sketchy news information out there. Uh, Again, remember when I say news, you got to think of the air quotes around it because... I don't really consider it that, especially, like I said, it, there's there's documented footage of reporters telling you that Tower 7, you know, has collapsed before it collapsed. So, I mean, we know that a lot of the, the, the elites run and own the, uh, the, the mainstream mafia, so uh, probably not too much of a coincidence. So, for a little bit of context... Uh, there was a report uh, done in uh, 2011 
that states that stated that an average of 110 fires per year in buildings over 13 stories tall, uh, basically 110 fires per year of 13 stories or taller happen. So uh, between 2005 and 2009, there were 500 and 550, yeah, 550 uh, high-rise fires. And some just just a couple examples of some of these high rises that that caught fire now uh, a, a little bit more context um, if you look up how much uh, how much heat steel steel can take I mean it's there's I don't think there's any evidence that I've been able to find where any building ever has been destroyed in a, in the same manner that the World Trade Centers were uh, by a fire now, jet fuel or not, I mean, I'm sorry, but that is irrelevant. And uh, I'm not sure how uh, jet fuel made it to uh, the lobby of the World Trade Center that made it sound like explosions. There's also plenty of footage, plenty of footage of, um, of World Trade Center's employees uh, or people that were visiting the Trade Centers that day that were in the lobby that stated, you know, I heard explosions. It, sound, it sounded like something blew up. Now, if the towers hit much, much higher up than um, ground level, basically in the lobby of the World Trade Center, then I'd like some sort of explanation as to how they would have thought that there was an explosion um, in the lobby. Uh, I mean, you know, back to uh, back to Marvin Marvin Bush's his restoration project. I mean, I guess one one thing that you would say is if there was explosions in the elevator shafts, uh, I, w- I would think that you would be able to hear that. Now, I've never heard of these myself, so I- I'm not an expert. Uh, you know, all these disclaimers that you have to make, I, I-, I don't I don't know. But I-, I-, I know that everything that these people said and everything that you see from the footage, it looks like there was explosions. So, to give a grain of salt, but uh, I'll give you a couple examples. So, in Sao, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, in 1974, uh, a building burned from an electrical fire uh, for twice as long as the World Trade Center did. There was no damage to the base of the building, and it held up. Uh, it, was, it was fixed, and it still stands to this day. So, the fire at a smaller building in Brazil in the 70s didn't burn to the ground but the trade centers did uh, the MGM Grand uh, that also caught fire it was in 1980 uh, the structure underneath wasn't compromised at all uh, the building still stands today and it's been uh, it's been bought and sold to other people that have owned it it's been rebranded uh, but it's still there right now didn't fall in on itself uh, at, at free fall speeds. Um, so uh, another example would be uh, in LA in 1988. Uh, the building that is now the Aon building, uh, it's a commercial banking company, I do believe. Um, that burned for three hours. And I mean, I guess you, you probably know the rest of what I'm going to say here. It, it's still standing right now. You know, it was fixed. There are hundreds of other examples. I grabbed three just to 
you know, try and put some context in here. Context is always key. <clears throat> it may get redundant in saying it, but it, it's, uh, it's definitely something to consider. Obviously not all buildings are the same. The one thing that I want to point out is, uh, this, these steel buildings, which as I said, steel doesn't melt. It does. It, it's not, it's not going to work like that. Uh, the world trade centers, I mean, I'm not an architect. Uh, but I've looked into the, uh, the building, the building itself, how it was created. Um, I'm sure most of you guys do if you're, you know, if you're interested in, in some of this, like I am as well, but the, the steel girders in, um, in buildings generally run up and down north and south. So the steel girders are, are all implemented that way. The world trade center was, was basically a, a, a marvel of, uh, of construction, of architecture, because it was built in a way so that they, you know, they practically guaranteed that this building would not be, uh, be able to be blown up, whether it be, um, whether it be a plane flying into it, a natural disaster, etc. This, this, these buildings weren't something that was ever meant to, to come down by the engineers that put it together. So the steel girders that run north and south, uh, you know, in your everyday skyscraper and your everyday, uh, uh, building, <clears throat> they don't, they're not super reinforced by beams that also run horizontally. So it's almost like, uh, what's a good example? Uh, what about waffle fries? <laughs> well, if you think of the shape of that, you're kind of, you, you know, if you think of the shape of a waffle fry, you're kind of looking at, you know, somewhat similar to uh, the steel structure of the World Trade Center. <clears throat> this isn't something that, you know, is going to, uh, is, is going to crumble when a plane flies in it, especially, you know, a plane that can be taken down by a fucking goose or some shit like that. Right. So, um, <clears throat> there's also the, uh, there's also something that I didn't, I didn't really get too, too much into because I wanted to focus on, uh, 9-11 and, uh, everything surrounding it that day. But in 93, in 1993, there was, uh, a, f- a, much bigger plane that flew into the World Trade Center, and if I remember correctly, it was that uh, the, that floor, the floors that were affected by the crash, were shut down for three days, and it was repaired, and they carried on. So, if these uh, if these consumer jets, you know, the 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 flight that you take to go visit Florida, or you know, someone goes comes to Canada to visit us. Uh, these planes aren't built to the same military specs, or sorry, the same specs as a military jet, which is what flew into the Trade Center in '93. So if that if that plane didn't destroy the World Trade Center in 1993, then maybe someone ex- could explain to me why uh, in 2001 passenger jets uh, completely demolished two of the most soundly engineered buildings on the face of the planet. It's horseshit. I guess we can just put it that way. Oh, and uh, another little side note that, uh, you know, once I got digging, I I just, uh, I came to realize is the, I mean, a lot of us have probably heard that thermite was used or nanothermite to, uh, to help destroy these buildings, which, you know, would have been planted there, which, uh, may or may not have been planted in the elevator shafts that were being restored. And I put restored in quotations because I'm, 
you know, I'm not positive about that either. But uh, if if scientists could have a look at the steel, the remaining steel from the World Trade Center, they might be able to get a good idea if thermite was actually used. Well, strangely enough, not one fucking ounce of steel from the World Trade Centers is located in the U.S. of A. All, all of the remaining building materials, the steel that was used to create the World Trade Center was shipped to China after they finished, uh, after they, they finished collecting it all, cleaning it all up. Which took, uh, you know, the, the fire lasted for 92 days. So over, or, you know, roughly three months that, that, you know, (laughs) unbelievable, which, uh, a lot of these things that, uh, that we look into, I mean, just because someone, you know, I mean, someone tells you something, you don't always have to buy it. It's nice to be able to trust people, but I'm not, I'm not exactly sure if, uh, if there are the people that you know are in government and the elites really uh, deserve our trust. So uh, they definitely think they deserve our money, right? So, but that that was just three uh, three examples uh, that I wanted to give you guys. Um, Fires don't fires don't bring buildings down. I've I've, I've kind of had tried to do a little bit of a look, and I can't find one instance of a building uh, being completely destroyed like that in any of human history. So uh, fascinating and also ridiculous at the same time that you know, like I said, two of the the most structurally sound buildings in the world were brought down by by passenger jets. So. Why would anybody want to bring down Tower 7? The other building that fell uh, roughly eight hours after uh, the World Trade Centers fell. Uh, as I said, that it was an empty tower. Uh, so here's a, a quick rundown of a few of the companies that had offices in, in Building 7, in Tower 7. So uh, let, let, me, uh, let me know if this, if this sounds uh, at all strange you know some of the companies that were located there so a few of them are uh, the CIA the Secret Service the Department of Defense the IRS uh, a company called ITT Hartford was another um, let's see who else OEM which is the Office of Emergency Management that seems like a fucking contradiction I guess um, but um the NAIC, which is the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, also seemingly coincidental, I guess. Insurance, um, FHL banks. Those are those are a few of the companies that have offices there. And uh, you know, luckily, I guess oh, nobody was at work in there that day. I guess it's just you know very very lucky. I'd have to take a look and see how many. Um, how many staff they normally had on hand. I, I mean, I guess it, it wouldn't be anywhere near what the World Trade Center had because the building wasn't as big. But, you know, nevertheless, I'm, I'm you know, I'm very happy, as I'm sure all the families and, and people that cared about them, the people that worked in Building 7, I, I'm, I'm sure they're very happy that, that none of them were in that building that day. Uh, that's 
you know, by, by everything that I'm, I'm saying here and everything, I don't ever want it to sound like, you know, I think anybody deserved this or, or it should have happened. That's absolutely not the case. Um, life is, is precious. It, it really is. I mean, you know, everybody, everybody is related to somebody, right? So, you know, all these people, these men and women that were lost, they all had parents, you know, or they had friends, they had brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, you know, so, uh, loss on that level is, um, is huge. And I'm glad that, you know, nobody, nobody died in, in tower seven, but at the same time, it's okay to admit that that's a pretty fantastic uh, coincidence, right? Um, the, uh, the tower seven, as, as far as I can see, as far as, you know, I, I, I'd like to say was, was definitely planned, um, along with, I mean, along with the World Trade Centers, these things were planned. Um, there's, there's just, there's, there's no way that I can, I can see another way around it. Um, I'm open to, to look. I mean, you know, like with a lot of conspiracies, I mean, you want to be wrong. It's not like people jump up and say, well, you know, I, I just don't want to fucking believe what people tell me. It's not like I'm not a trusting person or, or, or anything like that. It's just... I guess it just comes a time, uh, a point in your life where it's, you know, where it's like, you know what, I, I just, I just don't fucking trust these people, you know, or, you know, you've been lied to or ripped off enough where it's like, you kind of try and learn your lesson, right? And you don't want to live your life being uh, pessimistic. Uh, I'd rather be optimistic, but I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, we can see, we can see what happened here. These, uh, <laughs> I mean... It was, if it was commonplace, why, why wasn't anybody, if, okay, so let's put it this way. <clears throat> when, when you see on, uh, on TV or, or, you know, someone's recording a building on fire. Now, this is something that, um, this is something that's, you know, it might take a second to really, to really consider it, but go find a video of, of, of a building on fire. Okay, now tell, look closely at the people that are surrounding that building. How fucking close are those people? I mean, I, I, there was there was a building around the corner from my house that burned down just a couple years ago. Now, granted, the building was uh, what five, you know, five six stories high, but this building burnt down. Um, sorry, this building was on fire. The building was the build, the fire at the building was put out. And then, uh, after I think a year or a year and three months worth of investigation, the building was demolished. The building, the, the, the fire on the building was put out. The building didn't fall in on itself and fucking collapse. Okay. But the thing that I want to point out, the thing that I want you to have a look at is, when there is a fire at a building, do you see people sprinting away from it? I mean, yes, you might see some because they don't like fire. They don't want to get burnt. They don't want to get hurt. But the one thing that I think, you know, I didn't even consider to myself is when you see a building on fire, you don't see people running away because they think the fucking building is going to fall down all around you because that doesn't happen. That's just not the way it happens. I mean, architects are smart men and women. They know how to, I mean, the building isn't built out of fucking paper, right? So, um, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of wild to look, but if you, if you watch a video of a, of a building on fire, 
this isn't something that's going to collapse, you know, and big giant debris is going to start falling all over the place. You know, you're, you, I mean, I guess it, it would be, it would be silly for me to say you're not in danger, but you're not in danger of the top of the building flying off and hitting you and killing you or hurting you. The building burns, the fire gets put out, and then they either fix or demolish the building. I guess it depends on how bad the damage to the structure is. The damage to the base of the structure is what looks to be key. Okay, so all the other buildings, that the three other buildings that I gave you examples of, what did they say? They said the, the, the base of the building, the bottom floors and uh, everything underneath it were not compromised. So they, they fixed what was wrong, you know, they repaired what, what, what the issues were, and they kept using the fucking buildings. Now, as I said earlier, if these people heard explosions in, um, in the lobby on the first floor of the World Trade Center, well, that kind of tells me that these people knew what they were doing and how to bring this fucker down, didn't they? Or else why would the ground floor be, have, you know, sound like it was blowing up? If these planes allegedly hit so far above where the ground floor is. I mean, common sense isn't exactly that common anymore. And I mean, I mean, let's fucking face it. We're, we're all guilty of it. Most of us are guilty of it. I didn't think of this before either. I'm not an architect. I'm not an engineer. Um, I'm not an expert in anything. Okay. So it was very interesting to look at it. It was very interesting to learn. And, um, I'm glad I did because I mean, I've been looking at, at, uh, world trade center conspiracies and, and facts and information for years. And when I decided to start up loyal to the foil, I knew pretty much right away that there was quite a few subjects that I wanted to cover, uh, NASA, the, the moon, um, you know, COVID, uh, you know, some, maybe some celebrity bullshit, but 9-11 was one of the biggest things. Uh, something that I, I forgot to mention on some of the previous shows that I've done is, you know, kind of where I got, um, that itch to kind of start looking deep into these things and, and diving into these conspiracies. The moon, the, uh, space flight, space, the moon landing, that was a big part of it, but that was probably number two. The first one that ever kind of started to get the ball rolling in, uh, in my head was 9-11. Um, and I don't know if there was somebody in particular that, that, you know, kind of steered me that way or turned me on to it, or I just kind of started questioning it myself. Um, I, I, I do ask a lot of questions. I know, <laughs> I know it annoys the shit out of some people and to each and every one of you, I apologize. It's, it's just my nature. And you know what? I, I teach, I teach my little boy the same thing. Ask questions, be curious. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people are going to get annoyed, but you know what? Just be respectful and just, just say, you know, like I'm curious. I just want to know. I want to understand, you know, I, I have questions and I want answers. Um, some of this shit, we're not going to get answers to. Okay. And, uh, also the other thing that I, I, I wanted to say is on my last show, I had a little, a little rant, you know, where, uh, I kind of went off on, on what I was seeing around me the other day with, uh, with the Trump arraignment and, um, and things like that. And I, I kind of, I kind of went off. I may or may not have, uh, 
cussed a little bit more than I should have. And I kind of thought to myself, you know what? I mean, a lot of us use these, these curse words in our everyday life. And I, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to say that I'm not one of those people. I definitely do. And I just want to be, I just want to be authentic and genuine with, with you guys. So, uh, if my cursing bothers you at all or offends you at all, at all in any way, I apologize, but that is something that, you know, will probably come out in, you know, most, if not all my shows, it's, excuse me, it's going to happen. Um, and the more fired up I get, you know, maybe the dumber I get and the more curse words I use, I don't know, but it's going to be there. I just wanted to apologize. And then the other thing that I realized is, uh, from everything that I can tell on some of the other shows I use, or sorry, that I listen to is, um, they, I think a lot of them try and stay away from, from using any cuss words for their first 10 minutes of the show. So I think I'm going to try and do that myself. I have to look and see, uh, if, uh, if my show is going to get flagged or taken down or anything like that, um, because of, uh, because of the language that I use. So I'm also, I'm also actually really, really stoked to see the, uh, the COVID tag on my episodes when I start diving into that. So that should be fun. I guess, um, that'll really hit home and let me know that, uh, you know, my, my stuff is really up and, and live and ready to go on Spotify. But, um, yeah, just just a few things to think about um, in regards to 9-11, in regards to what we've been told, kind of the background. Uh, if you guys want to look at some of the stuff for yourself, then by all means, this is 9-11 and everything to do with it is kind of uh, one of the topics that um, I want to go in depth on in multiple shows. I mean... You know, I, I, I don't think the book is ever really closed on anything for me. So uh, for 9-11, for example, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been looking into it for, geez, it was 22 years ago. I might have started looking into it at least for the last 15, uh, I would say. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I've been looking into it for, for a long time. Um, so I don't ever want to say that the book is closed because I'm always learning. Uh, there's always new things I'm, I'm hearing, reading, figuring out. Uh, you know, talking to, um, about, about, about with other people, uh, that's, that's, I think just something we should all strive for is just keep learning, uh, keep trying to get the information, uh, that, that we deserve. I mean, fuck people's lives were lost and it's just, you know, the book is closed and here's the freedom act so that we're able to go and, and you know, murder and assassinate anybody in any other country that we want. I mean, it's fucking bullshit. I say we, I'm not an American, sorry. Uh, but I think it, uh. I think it's ridiculous, and um, there's just no way of ands or buts about it. So, as I said, I'm gonna do. I'm probably gonna do uh, multiple a multiple episode series on 9/11, and uh, I'm not done with the Michael Jackson multi-part episode either. Uh, part one is up. I've got part two coming. I think by the middle of the week. I get so all over the place with all this information it's hard to keep track of and you know I find something and then I go deep into that and put off something else that I've already dove into. I mean these fucking rabbit holes go on for miles right so it's sometimes it's hard to keep track of sometimes it's hard to keep focused you know I'm one of those guys where I just I kind of have my brain all over the place but um it's just it's it's super interesting and also very sad so uh i just i just wanted to get kind of some of that information out, out there about uh prescott bush 
about his ties to uh, the Middle East and uh, the fact that he tried to take over the democratic government in 1934, that he funded Adolf Hitler and helped instill, you know, what, uh, what we saw as, um, you know, a, a horrible time in, in the world's history where far too many people needlessly died, um, you know, uh, discrimination on, on just massive levels. It was, uh, it, it, it was brutal. Um, I, I didn't live through it. I know I've heard, you know, family members speak about it, other people, you know, I try and read everything I can. I, I care about our history. It's just, it's disgusting that, you know, so much of, of what we're told is our history is complete and utter bullshit. I mean, it, it really is. But uh, I'm trying to, I'm going to try and keep every show around... I don't know, probably 35 to 55 minutes long. So I kind of covered a little bit of the background and the start to 9-11 on this episode. A couple things to look at, a couple things to consider. Maybe you guys can do some some research as well if you're interested in anything that I've said. Um, you know, add to what I've said. Uh, correct me, agree with me. You know, whatever it is, as long as it gets that ball rolling and you start looking for this shit yourself as well, um, I'm going to cover, I'm going to cover more and I've got a bunch of information to go on, I think tomorrow's episode, as long as I get time to put it together, uh, I'll pump out probably another hour tomorrow and go in depth on the actual trade centers themselves. But as I said, I just wanted to start out with, uh, a little information about, uh, kind of where all this started and uh, the scumbags that you know, had uh, everything to do with it. So uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the Loyal to the Foil. And I'll hit you guys back up tomorrow with part two of 9-11. Thanks, guys. Have a great night.